the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Does. Does. He's oh, he around. He he gave lessons and stuff. Yeah, he had a like a an online music thing that he did. Was it Aardvark Radio or something like? Oh that? yeah, that's yeah. It. That yeah. Was it. He, he Aardvark play, Radio. Was it kind yeah. of oldies music or something? Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. kind of classic, classic rock kind of stuff. Oldies. Good stuff. Pull that mic over by you there. Here. Yeah, pull the square. There you go. That way I'll hear you real good. Well, I was uh, trying to share it with R.D. So. Okay, so you haven't been on the show for, what, five years maybe? Mm, maybe longer. Not that long. Is it that oh, long? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, talking, maybe it has. we're talking about the first couple of years of Trump's, wow, that's Trump's right. presidency. So, yeah, yeah it's probably about and five years. Close to it, yeah, probably about the middle of Trump and then And then the years. government told mm-hmm. you you couldn't come here during COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? The, yeah, probably they hasn't been in that your long. House. Did they, did they wow. seam your door when they told you you couldn't come out? <laughs> no. No, that's in China. I'm yeah, sorry. that's right. Okay, so anyway, what have you been up to? I just... Um, now he's taller than Doyle Webb, so he's he. Oh, you know, you can wow. tell when he's standing up. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I just uh, just been trying to uh, still do a little teaching and a little traveling. I've um, been doing a few meetings. Uh, Going to start some more of my own personal, what I call my healing encounter meetings in the fall. I've been letting the you know the summer get past people get through summer get through the heat the heat in the summer yeah so you know i, I think that those. god has made it so hot so everybody has a, a feel for what may be coming in their future yeah well well <laughs> yeah. you know i said we're we live in arkansas and i said you know people complain all the time oh god it's so hot well it's summer you yeah. know yeah, it's, it's not su- it's, it's supposed to arkansas. it's august it's supposed to be hot now yeah. Mind you, the, if we could get rid of the humidity, it would be a little nicer. But anyway, so yeah, and then um, of course you guys know I, I send y'all all my videos. Yeah. I've, I've started a YouTube channel. It's called Buddy Fisher of Men. You need now listen. So, you need to you need to get on this and watch it. It's okay. really good. Once a month, once, once a, week. a week. Pardon me. Yeah, once a week. Yeah, he, uh, he gives them teaching, and it's good teaching. It's good direction. I usually try to pick a topic, and uh, as we were just talking here, I um, I try to keep my video short, somewhere around eight minutes, some and give or take. He's a preacher. And, that's uh, short. Right. It is. Uh, because I said that way, you know, I think people, you know, that's kind of some most people's attention span, and they'll they'll listen to an eight minute video, especially if it's something that's encouraging and uplifting. And I always try to add that element, keep that part there. And I get a, you know, I get a lot of replies, a lot of responses from people that say, "Hey, man, that was a great teaching," or "I I enjoyed it. It was a blessing. Uh, it was what I needed to hear for the week," you know, and so. I, like I said, I do one one a week, and again, the name of my channel, if you go to YouTube, is Buddy Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R, no C, right. of men. Fisher and of men. Fisher it. of men. Get it? So, yep. 
goes along with the apostles, goes along with the disciples, goes along with us. Okay. Yeah, so, and uh, then, you know, just like I said, just trying to uh, wait for the cool to come come back around. And uh, I, uh, the Lord, uh, back before the summer, uh, I was doing some meetings about once a month that I called Healing Encounter Meetings. Now, is this all over Arkansas or just here mainly in central around, Arkansas? Well, mainly around Little Rock. Yeah, okay. Mainly around Little Rock. And uh, I would just, uh, you know, have about one meeting a month. That way people can, you know, plan to come if they want to come. And I'd pick a place that I would host it and have it and... and uh, you know, I said, uh, healing is something that people, you you would think they, you know, um, know what the Lord's will is about it, but they, you know, still oh, no, don't. No, God gave us doctors. Well, Come on now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I said, uh, you know, people say, well... Why don't we see the miracles and all the things to hear like like they do over in other countries? And I say, well, because people have more faith, if you will, in the AMA and the doctors and the tests and the medicines and the everything than they do in the Lord mm-hmm. and in God and in his word. And so, um, you know, and then people... You know, it's the way they're they're brought up and the way they're taught. Well, they pray things like, well, God, if it's your will, heal me. You know, well, does God flip a coin? How does he decide? Well, you know, Dave's sick. Am I going to heal him or not? Head you, head you heal tells you it's going to stay sick and suffer. No, God's word is his will. As you and I were talking about earlier, is the Bible true or is it not? And if, if it's not, well, then what part is and what part isn't? And uh, I shared with you one of the things my professor said about, you know, people that don't believe the Bible. Now, listen to this, guys. You know, there's people that actually and still believe this. They said, you know, well, our view of the Bible is this. The Bible's inspired in spots, and I'm inspired to spot the spots. Now, think (laughs) about it. It, It's true. It's it's true. I mean, the church. The church, quote unchurch, is uh, is full of people that believe that way. They don't know what God's will is. Well, God's word is His will. He tells us what His will is in His word. You want to know what it is? Go read it. He says, "By His stripes you were healed." That's what uh, Peter said. Isaiah said, by his stripes we are healed. Well, I like to say it this way. I said this in my last video. If we were and we are, then we is. Okay? And is. Well, that's not, I, don't, I don't happen to believe that, but that's, and, that's fine. You know, the Bible also says that we prophesy in part and we know in part, but when that which is fully, when that which perfect comes, that will, which in part will be done away. Hey, we, we can respectfully disagree, but... The Bible was not complete during the first century church. The apostles were still revealing the Bible to the people. They didn't have the complete Bible. So they had to do signs and wonders and miracles for people to know that they were from God. But whenever the word was complete, you know, there was more spiritual promises. I'm not saying God's not doing anything, but there was a reason for the for miracles in the first century church because that's the only way you would know that the, the people were from God. But when the Bible was complete, then uh, 
then the, the need for miracles wasn't as much. So, so you have to look at So we don't need miracles it. today? Well, you can study God's word. God's word uh, when did he, the when heart. Did he, when did he change? Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he did those things and well, said, the he, things that I did shall you do also. So when did he change? Well, he changed one thing on the cross, the Testament changed. You had the patriarchal age. You had the Mosaic Age, and then you have the New Testament Age. So his will has evolved through the process of being complete. It has evolved, but Jesus never changed, and God never changed, but his will has, and the way he works through men has through different periods of time. We're not still under the Old Testament. We'd agree with that, wouldn't we? Well, of course. Okay. We're under a new covenant, That's which right. he says is better than the old. Yeah, because it's and, spiritual instead of physical. Oh, oh, so he only he only cut so the cross Move only up covered on the, the mic. So the cross only covered the spiritual. So, you know, that see that's what that's that's what my professors told me in college was cemetery as you would say uh Dave. Yeah. You know that that's how that, I refer to the seminary. You know, it's Jesus only came to deal with our spiritual, but our soul and our body which we are we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. So the cross didn't cover all three. It only covered the spirit. Really? That's what you want me to believe? Come on, man. So, I mean, God doesn't have to do anything. He, either redemption is complete or it's not. And that's spirit, soul, and body. So, anyway, like I said, I don't, think, I, don't think he, I don't think he's changed. But anyway, all right. Next subject. <laughs> <laughs> so people can come and see you every Friday then on this. No, 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 no. Uh, when I, I mean, as you do them, you put them up on Facebook. Oh, you're so. talking about my my videos? Yeah, yeah, my videos. I usually try to post them on the weekend because that way people are not as busy and they can have time to you know watch them and what have you. So do you uh, keep them there? All the time. I mean, people can go back and yeah, they're and look they're at they're them. archived in there. They can okay. they can scroll through them and go all the way months and months and months back. And and like I said, I do different topics, different subjects and stuff. So how do you determine what topic you want to do? I just pray about it and just feel led. Whatever the Lord tells, what I feel like the Lord tells me from you know week to week. Uh, and maybe it's something that it's I've been, been a lot week to week to deal with, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this, this like this last one I did, I called it Kingdom M.O. Seed Time and Harvest. Okay. Okay. Explain so it. Kingdom Method of Operation, Seed Time and Harvest. So we start back in Genesis. God says in Genesis, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest Cold and heat, summer and winter, shall not cease. That's easy. As long as the earth remains. Okay. Is the earth remaining? Yes. Are we still here? Yes. So the way he set it up is still in operation. So seed time and harvest. Or we could say it like this in the New Testament. uh, Sowing and reaping. Paul said, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And then I just began to talk about how the kingdom operates concerning seed time and harvest. And so, anyway, it's, it's, it's gone into a four-part <laughs> series. Okay. So, you know, you can only, I said again, you can only say so much in eight minutes. So, you know, that's a pretty big subject. 
You know, um, think about it. I get it's, I get four hours a day. Yeah, Monday yeah. through Friday. So <laughs> yeah, but you have a captive audience. So yeah, this so this one the, so this one's going into four parts. So you can go back and we, I just posted part three yesterday. So all right, then go back and watch one, two, and three. So I would suggest that you read one and two before you watch three. Yeah, absolutely. And then four is coming this four is coming this this week. Yeah. Okay. So. Fantastic. All right, yeah. let's get a break right. in. Got to do a break, in and uh, we'll come back and talk more with Buddy, and uh, we'll get with uh, everybody else who's sitting here in the studio. Of course, that's R.D., that's Paul, and that's Anna, and it's Dave Ellswick's show. We're glad to have you along. Don't forget about asset protection management, uh, wealth management, and what they're doing and what Gary Garrison is wanting to do. He wants to talk to you if you're just starting to think about retirement. Typically, that happens when you're in your mid-40s. For some of you younger folks, maybe you you actually have caught on and you're starting into your uh, mid-20s, maybe your early 30s. However, it's working for you. What you want to do is make sure you talk to somebody with the knowledge of how to get ready for retirement, how to prepare for retirement, and w- let them guide you. Let them be your mentor for instance, like Gary Garrison, where you can sit down and talk to him and doesn't cost you any money whatsoever, and he'll teach you how to be ready for retirement when it comes when you're 60, 65, 70, however old you decide to retire, or you could be like me and just feel like you don't ever want to retire, and you just keep on coming to work and doing and doing your gig. Bottom line, Gary will talk to you. He'll also talk to you who are already in retirement. Are what is what you're doing the right thing to do? Are you going to um, you know outlive your money? Not a good thing. Or will your money outlive you? The best thing. Talk to Gary about that as well. All you have to do is call him one five zero one two two five ninety forty five. That's five zero one two two five ninety forty one. That's asset production or protection wealth management with Gary Garrison. All right. We're back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and again, uh, we've got Buddy Fisher on with us. Buddy is a member of the of the Power Panel from way several back, years, several years back, and uh, it's good to have him back in the studio to be with us today. We've got R.D. here. We've got, of course, uh, Paul here, and Anna's here. And uh, what time's your class, first class start meeting? Uh, like ten twenty-five. I'm sorry to wake you up so early. <laughs> it. I am here by choice. I am not a captive audience. Do you know? Do you normally get up this early? Mm, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning into a lawyer. That's a lawyer. There you go. So I it like depends. it. It depends. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's a just, lawyer. She's yeah, she, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me explain to you. Let me explain to you about it. Anna, <laughs> Anna is my my second Ben Shapiro. Ben, okay, Sh- cool. ben Shapiro graduated from high school early. He went to UCLA and graduated uh, at UCLA when he was about uh, 17. Then he went in to do his graduate work at USC, and he graduated from that at about 19. And then he went on to where he's at now. I mean, he's got the Daily Wire and, and all the rest. A lot of fun to read what he says. But he used to write uh, op-eds back when he was 16 she could do the same thing i'll be honest she's already graduated high school she's already graduated college Mm 
she is now working on her law degree. And you're how old? 19. She's 19. She sounds a whole lot like Ben Shapiro to me, except I will tell you this. She is a girl. And she is not identifying as a man. I can identify what a girl is. <laughs> yeah, you can explain what yeah. a woman is. Okay, that's good. That means that you can even be a better Supreme Court justice. She must be yeah. a biologist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she yeah, must have a science well. degree also. <laughs> so let me ask you, buddy. I mean, sure. this is a question that I would ask you if you were here every week. Okay. When you, when you hear and see the things that are being spoken of, out there in Secularville, what do you think? Well, y'all, y'all remember my take. I used to say this quite a bit when I was on the show back back in the day, and it's still true to a large degree. You know, I said I'm a huge Andy Griffith fan, right? I've seen all the Andy Griffith shows, yeah. And so I tell people all the time. I said, now, um, I said, you know, sadly. The days of Andy Griffith are over. Yeah, here. And like, they're like, not yeah, coming back. Like, like this. Right. Who is to say that the boy would be happier your way or mine? Why not let him decide? Now I'm afraid it don't work that way. You can't let a young one decide for himself. He'll grab at the first flashy thing with shiny ribbons on him. Then when he finds out there's a hook in it, it's too late. Wrong ideas come packaged with so much glitter, it's hard to convince them that other things might be better in the long run. And all a parent can do is say, wait, trust me, and try to keep temptation away. There you go. That's there the kind of stuff that, being, you, that you would draw from. Exactly, exactly. I was just talking to a couple of young men the other day. They were in their 20s, and they didn't even know who or what Andy Griffith was. <laughs> And I was trying That's to explain to be more of my life. And I was like trying to, to go back fifty years and explain to them how things were. I said, you know, when I was young, we went to the grocery store, we went to wherever. We didn't lock our cars, we didn't set our alarms and all these things. I said, you know, at night we didn't have five dead bolts on the door to lock when we went to sleep. And I was just trying to explain to them how things were. Yeah, and you can tell us more about that when we come back. Right now, it's time for Bill O'Reilly. Problem as well, where I use an example from my past, and the, the kids that are, you know, today look at me like, what are you talking about, old man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you run into that a lot now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I was, I was trying to – I said, now, see, I – I was talking as I was talking to them. I was saying, "Now, now, guys, you got to understand. I'm 63, and so I can, from experience, go back 50 years uh-huh. and say, okay, this is how it was.' Right? Not just say, oh, well, you know, this how.' No, I said from experience. So I was trying to relate how things were when I was, say, 13. Six, well, 10, you know, whatever yeah. years old. And uh, and so I was telling them about Andy Griffith, and they were like, what? Who's who, Andy who is Andy Griffith? And so I was trying to explain about Barney and his one bullet. And <laughs> y'all know that, remember yeah, that part? Sure. And, Absolutely. And uh, so anyway, I, Gomer I, and all the rest you know, of I said, I said, you know, I said, this is how it was. I said, like I said, we, we'd go to the grocery store. We didn't lock our car and have five alarms and, 
and have five deadbolts on our door at night. You go to bed like at that. night and the doors and, were unlocked. Yeah, exactly. And like R.D. was just saying here in, uh, on the break, you know, uh, my dad used to have a gun rack in his uh, pickup truck. And there was always two shotguns in the back window of the of the truck and nobody thought it. everybody did that yeah that and, was done and, and in the, the high school yeah and we, you didn't we, and again we, you didn't lock your truck we would uh, do that when now. you went in the we would do that now except that we don't want our guns to be stolen because there's <laughs> a lot of truth I mean, to that right <laughs> That's, right. That's, that's that's one reason why I wouldn't put a, a, a rack in the back of the pickup truck. But can't. But them. but by law, can we do that? Now? Sure. Can you put I a? There's nothing. You, you I might thought they'd outlaw that. You might want to be careful about do, doing it at school, but. But, yeah, you um, can't yeah. do it in a school parking right, lot. Right, but the, you should be okay with just. But doing yeah, that. you're right. The main thing is if, if if you did put it in the back of your window of your truck, people saw it. That your window they, get busted out yeah, real yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah people a, would. There was a there was a student that was just arrested here recently for taking a gun to school, and it was because their father had forgotten about the gun that was in the pickup. Um, and somebody looked in inside the pickup, the seat or thinking about they were, want, I guess, wanting to rip them off. <laughs> and mm. they saw a gun, and they turned them in, mm-hmm. and they got in trouble. Wow. I mean, that happened to that young lady a few years back, Paul. I don't think you were part of the power panel. You were, though, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, remember, she, she had to, it was, I think it was a 24-pack. A beer was in the bed of the truck. The mm. father had left it there, mm-hmm. and they saw it. And she was underage. And they threw her out of school for oh, two wow. weeks. For two weeks. Wow. And the thing that really bothered me, you were asked to, you know, you know, watch and, and report it and don't tell, right? You didn't tell. And they didn't, uh, you didn't get to meet the person that was um, making these, you know, statements about you and stuff. You stayed anonymous. And I got that stopped. That was in Cabot. I got that stopped. Well, when I was in school, if you send me home for two weeks, I'd say score. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and my parents wouldn't have said score. I can tell you what, my daddy would never have said score on that. Well, the other well, thing. I might have got a quick beating, but it got over it quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was the, worth it? <laughs> the other thing we were talking about and, and uh, respect differences between now and then and of course this is just in the way we were brought up and the way we were taught and versus how parents teach or don't teach their kids today and and that is the simple thing of respect i said for most now, parents you can say now, don't teach. yeah but but no joke i said and this is what i tell young people i say listen i never Never, and this is the truth, y'all. Now, hey, I know we all have our little things, right? But right. I said, I, I promise you, right in on the Bible, I never one time got in trouble in school. When the teacher said, open up your book to page 20 and, uh, yes, ma'am. You know, oh, well, no, I don't have to open up my book and do what you say. You ain't my mama. You don't tell me what, you know. Yeah, right. Okay. Or, you know, on the playground fighting and doing stuff. And, uh, oh, no. You know why? Well, number one, you would have went to the principal's office, and you would have got your little behind the lit up. board of education. In the principal's <laughs> office. <laughs> but it, that wasn't the total deterrent, uh, Dave. you got to understand if I got in trouble at school and got 
When you got when home, I, when you got I got home, well, it no, it was five times worse, Paul. Yeah, it was it was paid with interest. It was five times worse, and so if one thing I said, I was maybe not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I was, you know, I knew enough. I said, uh, I'm not going to get it twice, and especially worse getting home than in trouble so or in school. So man, I I was a pristine student. People said, oh, well, you were the teacher's pet. You darn right I was. And when the teacher said do something, I did it. I got to clean the chalkboards and do all, empty the trash and all that, you know. The teacher loved the gum me. off the bottom of the Man. desk. I used to say Yeah, but, but it was nasty. respect. You know, again, that was respect. And so that's part of that Andy Griffith thing that was lost. Yeah, they give just, you a paint scraper. Remember that? Yeah. Give you a paint scraper, yeah. and you'd go scrape the the, the old gum off the off bottom of the bottom of the, the desk. Underside of the desk. You remember doing that, Artie? Yes. Oh, you, you never had to do that. No. You know what we used to like? You know, it was a, a way of of giving us props is clean the erasers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The lace. Yeah. yeah take it down. Take them and, outside. And, well, we didn't take them outside. We, oh. we, you could done that and went out and pounded them, right? Right. And, and got out. But they got a thing back down into the basement that you didn't have to go to, and it. Had was a it vacuum. like a brush? Yeah, oh. and then it had the vacuum on it, right? And you'd run them across it, and get, right? Had to get the, that was fun. Now that's when they had, that's when they had blackboards. Well, right. I'm sorry that you had to write on the back of a of a coal shovel. Right. We had to climb the telephone pole to call, make a that's phone call when say. I was a kid. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> And he walked to school uphill both, both ways, ways in the snow. Yeah, absolutely. And it always was 12 inches deep. Remember Green Acres? Oh, I remember Green, Green Acres, Acres yeah. of course. Yeah, uh, Mr. Haney. Yeah. Mr. Haney. Yeah. I, I remember all that. Oh, Arnold. Arnold, Arnold Ziffel the pig. The rich pig. Yeah. Oh, my had goodness. To, had to love that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I look back at how I grew up. Mm-hmm. And look at where we're at now, mm-hmm. and I'm, for the life of me, stunned. That In we're, some ways, do you think at. we'd ever be where we are? No, no, I and me either. I I think we can. I can look and talk over here to Anna and say, over just a few years she's been alive, things have changed drastically at times. Did you believe that it was going to change like it did? I mean, I guess at a certain point you have to realize that it's going to change because it's not going to be the same. I mean, if you think, like, if Moses were here today, A, I mean, principle-wise, obviously things have changed, but also just straight-up technology and stuff. You show Moses a cell phone, Moses is not going Well, but I'm not talking about that. I mean, I understand that, you know, my dad used to always talk that he traveled in a, in a, buckboard when he was a young boy all right and now we had landed on the moon and we were going up and back and forth in space says he i he always felt lucky that he saw all that happen i'm talking about lack of respect i'm talking Mm -hmm. about people smashing and grabbing and all of that well and i think that's maybe partly a consequence i guess is what i'm trying to say of all of this so like you couldn't always just I guess at this point, kids have the world literally at their fingers. You can go on the internet. You can find anything you want to find. If you want directions to the nearest TJ Maxx to go and 
true. Smash and grab. You well, just where's the closest? Where's the closest whatever restaurant you want to find? Well, yeah, you know, and things like so there's. You can even look up and see what they have in stock yeah. if you want to steal it. So I think there's an element <laughs> of unfettered access and maybe pairing with no one really understood exactly the full extent of what the internet would become. And then also added in with, if you look at schools, obviously schools have become more liberal. They've become more, I'd say, less locally run and more government run. And then of course, that's that, good. And point. I don't think that the students don't realize that, that there's not an element playing into that, too, of you're going to school. And it's not like it's... But develops a sense of entitlement. Well, entitlement, but also a sense of you're a government agency in part and you're telling me what to do is I think almost an element of it too. I'm going to a school but I guess at a certain point you stop looking at the school as a place in the community that you go with the people who are with you and you start looking at it as a place that you have to go because they say you have to go there because the government makes you do it. So I think there's an element of that to it. It's it's bigger schools, tons of students. So you do lose that respect. I think you also lose part of that um, individuality of going to school and not being one of tons and tons of people. There's less one-on-one stuff. So, I mean, you have tons of different teachers. You have tons of different classes. Um, and how much do they teach you in your classes that are that goes diametrically opposed to what your parents have taught you. Well, it's hard to feel like they're not wasting your time when they're not teaching effectively. The student feels that they're not being taught effectively, uh, and that's frustrating. So I think that, in part, also probably plays into it. You know, that's a good point. When I went to school, my first year was, you know, I went to school. The teachers that I went to, the teachers were the teachers of my parents. Hmm. And the teachers knew me. It was a community. Well, and the community several was of my part te- of the Several school. of my teachers had taught my brother. Had taught your brother. Who was six years older and than I was. And, you know, a lot of my teachers had gone to school with my parents. And, you know, my dad. All, da- all my that I hated was that they would look at me and go, oh, you're in Ellswick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, there was a sense of community and belonging there that's not there anymore. Whereas if you look at someone who goes to, like, a private school... Uh, especially a smaller private school, it's still going to have very much of that community feel. There's not very many people going there. You know all the administration that runs it. Well, um, your parents have skin in the game because yeah, they're paying for it. Yeah, because they're paying for it. So, so, they, so. They've, they've got a, a significant vested interest to make you behave. Well, they have a significant investment to make sure you learn yeah right, right because if they're if they're what does private school cost now eight or eight or nine thousand dollars a year for kind of the cheaper ones a lot yeah a lot a lot more than what i could afford when so i was don't cost you something you don't appreciate well and that's that's and that's kind of part of the point though is that when you're when your parents are investing well here's the thing though the parents that are sending their kids to public schools are paying for those public schools as well they just don't realize don't it, know it because they don't put it together that those property taxes, that's what's paying for those schools. Well, a lot of them may not be paying much toward it. Well, well some that don't own property, I would agree with that. And I, I guess I have a good example of kind of the vibe of that is, like, I know someone who, great guy, he went to Lone Oak County uh, leadership 
um, classes with me. Um, but he barely graduated high school. He graduated high school by like the skin of his the teeth. skin of his teeth, and it wasn't because he didn't pay attention in class. He never went. <laughs> uh, but he had his family had a farm. And they run farms. He helped out on the farm, helped out run the store. So that's what he was going to take over. If So for him, it was almost to him a waste of time to be in the classroom learning something that, in his view, he's never going to use. Whenever he could go and work on the family business, he's going to take over. All right. got to get a break in. When we come back, I'm going to tell you where to go to on uh, Facebook. Not Facebook. On uh YouTube. YouTube, so that you can watch Buddy and and hear uh, what I think is some very good uh, teaching that he has for you. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Right now, I want to tell you a little bit about if you own a, a business. And by the way, I read an article today that small businesses are up against the wall right now. Literally up against the wall right now. It is bad. Bad, bad, bad. Uh, you you think that inflation has come down? Not really. Inflation is still up there. Inflation has caused higher and higher interest rates, and it's having its way up to uh, small business. Let me talk about the employee retention credit. This is something that, as a small business owner, if you own if you have five employees up to five hundred employees, you're you know you're due to get some of those taxes back that you have paid. Uh, over time, up to $26,000 per W-2 employee is what you can get. Don't expect you're going to get the max. That just won't happen. They'll, they'll figure out a way of whittling that down. But it's a refundable tax credit, so it's not a loan, so you don't have to pay it back. And you shouldn't have to pay it back because the government made you shut down. They forced you to shut down. And a lot of you are still trying to recover for that shutdown. This is a way to do it. The ERC can help you do that. No strings attached to those funds. Use it to pay off bills, whatever it is that you want to do. Know that the qualifi- uh, qualifications have been have been made uh, looser so you can get this and you can have an ERC account and have a PPP as well. To learn more about this and to fill out the form that will get you started towards getting it, Go to ERCEZ123. That's ERCEZ123.com. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? All right. I hope that you understand the words that are coming out of our mouth today. <laughs> We've got, uh, a, a, you know, a good buddy of mine is back in the studio with us, and I want you to know where to go to to hear his YouTube presentations. Where, what are they? Look for Fisher for Ben, okay. right? Yep. Just go to YouTube, pull up the YouTube app, and or you can just Google it, and then type in Buddy Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R. Again, no C. <laughs> right. Buddy Fisher of Men, and it's it'll pull it right up. Because you can't just do Buddy Fisher because there's a lot of Buddy Fishers out there. That's why when I did my channel. I didn't think I, there were more Buddy oh, Fishers than just you. Oh, well, listen, I mean, you know, there's only one sweetness, that's but. True, that's true. My goodness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I made it uh, Buddy Fisher of Men. That way it's pretty easy for folks to find. And, uh, that's easy like to remember if you got any kind of biblical knowledge at all fisher for men should be pretty easy to put together right 
And it, it was kind of fitting for me. People said, I really like your channel because, you know, they know I'm a minister, preacher, pastor, right. teacher, whatever. And so they're like, yeah, that's, that really fits you, you know, and that's, that's, that's cool. So, Let me ask this question. Yes, sir. This personal question. Okay. Just so you know. All right. What part of the ministry did you not like? Not like? Yeah, did not like. Wow. I almost have to think about that one. Uh, that's one of the maybe, tough maybe, parts what, of this maybe, show. Maybe what is a source of frustration for you? Oh, that's that maybe a frustration. Typically, another, frustration another, comes right. from the part that you, you don't, don't like. like. Right. <laughs> ah, well, I don't know. I love when I was pastoring church, local church. I love pastoring because I'm a people person. Okay. So I I love the interaction with people. I love teaching people. I love help. Obviously, helping people. I um. Uh, you know, there's a sense of uh, satisfaction and and like accomplishment, and the fact that you're you're you know you're helping people and you're, you're doing something that's helping. Uh, so I I enjoyed that part of the of the of the ministry. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. I guess. The, <laughs> <laughs> Should it, could I say uh, some of the uh, people? In, pe- while while people are a good thing, people can be a uh, pain in your side. They can be, yeah, you know, they can be, cha- they can be challenging. So yeah, so it was like uh, in some of the churches that I pastored, which the first couple that I pastored was Baptist church because yeah. that's the way I was raised. But right. nonetheless, so you know, you had a few people that uh, thought you know. They they knew. There's a doctor. Yeah, there's yeah. supposed to be. You know, it's it. it I mean, I was it a pastor. To be plush carpeting, but not too plush. Right, right. And so it was exactly, exactly. Oh, listen, we, I, I can tell y'all stories. Y'all laughing. We, you know, we we used to have biz monthly church business meeting, right? Okay, and so as the pastor, I'm the moderator, right? So I know Robert's rules of order and all of this. Well. You know, and I mean, and we're literally voting on everything. I mean, okay, what well, exactly? But what kind of toilet tissue are we going to buy this week? Do we want to buy what Charmin or the or exactly, or do we want to buy Dollar General? You know, yeah. the one ply. So right. anyway, we're out of time, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for coming in early. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, yes, brother. Sir. Good to see you again. Thank you, brother. Take a break. We got more coming back on the Dave Ellswick show. Into the second hour we go here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to have uh, Lori Justice here. She is head of the uh, Pulaski County Republican Party, women and as well, too. And we're going to talk to her. And uh, 10 o'clock, Ed Monk's going to be on because tomorrow he's got an active shooter uh, class going on that's absolutely free for you to attend. And uh, if you're a member of a church, if you're a member of a school, if you're a member of a, any kind of organization, or you just uh, you know live in an apartment complex or a housing suburb or whatever, you might want to know what to do if you get an active shooter in your neighborhood. So he'll be talking about that. He'll be here in the studio uh, as well. It's uh, during the, I think it starts late in the afternoon, okay. goes into the evening. I'll find out. He'll okay. be on. Who'll tell us? Uh, let everybody know that here's something that always drives me crazy about the left. 
And uh, as I said, I, I will get a shirt that says the left isn't right. Uh, <laughs> and that is that what has happened with the left is they say we believe this, and then a few months later they'll say just the opposite. Give you a good example. Let's go to Los Angeles. The uh, A little over two months ago, the Los Angeles City Council voted to officially become a sanctuary city in uh, in California. Now L.A. Mayor Karen Bass is saying that illegal aliens aren't invited to the City of Angels any longer. In stark contrast to a prior statement, Bass' newfound opposition comes after Texas Governor Greg Abbott has uh, spent months busing illegal immigrants to L.A. Reporter uh, Marla Tellett said, Tenth bus from Texas arrives in Los Angeles carrying 39 migrants. That's an illegal immigrant. That's the left's way of saying illegal immigrant, migrant. Including 12 families plus 21 children. The tenth bus comes five days after the last. Now, understand along the southern border, they deal with those numbers Daily. Every few hours, maybe so. Yeah, that 10, goes 10 down. buses doesn't sound like very many for that's Los not, Angeles. That's, that's a, that's a 45 people, bucket. that'd be about 450 people total. So the, the, the 10th bus has come five days after the last. Earlier this week, Mayor of L.A. Karen Bass told me, "Quote: L.A. has not extended an invitation asking for people to come. This is a political act." Unquote. <laughs> Again, these are the people who just named themselves a couple of months ago a sanctuary city. A sanctuary city means you welcome anybody to come to your city to be taken care of. And so they, they, they declare themselves sanctuary city while maintaining policies that are very unfriendly to just poor people in general. Well, I think or, we can just say that they routinely get behind policies that are just hypocritically opposite from what they really say that they are. I mean, same thing's going on in New York. You see all the stories come out of New York. The mayor there is like, no, we can't handle anymore. We've gotten a thousand. One of the the richest cities in the world. One thousand people. One thousand people have come to New York, and they can't handle it. A thousand people. Think about that. Wow. Think about that. That's like sending, what, six people to Little Rock? I have no idea. I just know this. When the rubber hits the road and uh, it starts rubbing up against you, it changes your whole perspective of what's going going on. Yeah, it's sad. In San Francisco, they're telling state employees not to come to work. Stay home! Because it's not safe to come downtown. And the homeless situation in San Francisco is unbelievable. They've got this, this... grab and run thing going on where they're smash stealing and smash and grab where they're stealing things out of the store so they look boy their system works real good that's not even safe to go downtown they've got homeless people you know using the bathroom on the sidewalks and in the in the city streets and they've got their businesses being robbed by local mobs who all get together on facebook and all show up at the same time and run in and and attack everything you know, they've got the school system, they've got the city council, they've got all the positions right, so, so to take have, care of this problem. So What's wrong? These, so we, they have all these um, 
private individuals who are stealing from them, and they have the government collecting taxes at the same time. And so maybe they'll get tired of some of this. We can call it double taxation for them well, because I, they've got the private sector stealing from them. Yeah, I would. And then they also have government <laughs> officials stealing from them. Yeah, so socialism work, is working real good in, in San Francisco. It's just, and you know, Trump said it's not that when he's talking about Valenzuela. Uh, one time that you know it's not that they didn't did socialism wrong it's they did it right so uh anyway their system well, doesn't work it, you take god out of society and, and you can't have enough police to it, watch it, everybody it, it requires a moral philosophy that um government can steal but they, you, can, you can basically force charity and forced charity is theft it's organized crime is what it is and that, that's just what that's what just the notion of 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 socialism is that you're too stupid to take care of yourself and to take care of your neighbors and to do the right thing. Therefore, we're going to subjugate you to the, the will of the government and force you to do what the government thinks you should do. You know, you, t- you bring up taxes. Unless you're a friend of the government. You bring up taxes. We've got all the offices here in Arkansas. Now, you've heard people talk about let's do it away. Tim Griffin started first. Tim Griffin started. He was the first one that said let's do away with the state income tax. And uh, the state income tax, but I think we ought to do away with the property taxes, I think we should too. and then just have a usury tax to where you pay taxes when you buy something. You know, we really do not own our property if it if it's taxed every year and they take it away from us if we don't pay our taxes. Right. I think we should get away from property taxes and get a usury tax. That way, everybody's paying it. People that live in apartments. Uh, oh, and a, people that rent pay very little taxes, and there's no reason uh, everybody not pay equal taxes on how much money they spend. Well, and it would it would be better if everybody had skin in the game. Because right now, if your income is low, you may actually get a tax return, get money coming back when you didn't pay any to begin with, or you, didn't, or you get more than what you paid. In. That happens a lot because it, of the the uh, unearned income tax Yeah, they call credit. it earned income tax, but it's 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 an unearned. That right? means that you know it's, how it's to wel- have sex. It's a welfare check is what it is. It means that you know how to have sex. They give you X amount of dollars because you have kids. kids. That you can't support. So everybody well, evidently else has not. This. That's why they give you the money. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. So so, it's, a, it's a welfare check that runs to the IRS so instead of... I don't know why. If we want to own our property then quit taxing our property and say you're going to take it away from us if we don't pay the taxes. I think the only fair tax is if you spend if it, however much money you spend, that's how much taxes you pay. And just do away, put it all on income tax. I, I passed that on the county quorum court to uh, to put the county budget on, oh, a, sale, on a county-wide sales tax and, and to do away with uh, appraising people's property. And, and because all the elderly and the farmers... A lot of the elderly people and the farmers were struggling, and a lot of the younger people that were of working age weren't paying that much. Yeah, and so. I, I, I think I think it is the property taxes are one of those things. So if you own a piece of property, and let's say the property values go way up, you may lose it because you can't afford to pay the taxes. Right, on your it. salary didn't necessarily right. go up the same speed. Right. That's the reason people are leaving California right now because they can't afford they can't afford to live there. Why don't we set Arkansas up on a sales tax system and, and say everybody actually owns their property? That that would be great. Part of the problem is that that we too many Arkansans like free stuff from the government. Well, they, they, you can't you you can't have what you want 
RD as long as they have education tied to property taxes. That's exactly right. We didn't have authority to do that. We were just trying to do the county budget. But yeah, to, to, to do that, you you would have to uh, have to take the the education system off of property tax. Oh and Lord! Put, and put it and put it on a user <laughs> tax. But I'd say just try it with something. Let's try it with a county budget. And I think it'll work on a county level good. I believe it'll work on a city level. In the county, you got people, if you're near an interstate like Longhorn County is, we got two interstates running through. Uh, the people stopping, passing through to buy gas could, could be uh, helping pay for the schools and, uh, and the wave pool and, and the dog clinic and the exercise center and uh, all those Mercy. other programs. Have you been driving down? 89 lately and looking at all that work they're doing on that old night store and getting it ready to become the new uh you know taj mahal for waylaid animals hmm. yeah i hope they're going to put a 911 call center in there because you know uh, <laughs> i've been do- preaching for dogs and a- for dogs and cats well yeah probably more likely dave you know firsthand i've been preaching when i was on the quorum court that we got five call centers in Lone Oak County. You call nine one one. You got a one in five chance of getting somebody that Happened can help to you. I've told so, my story about that. So, uh, so here we are. We're building, spending all this money, and and I've been. Uh, we did the research and say, hey, we only need one call center because we got five different ambulance contracts, and I bet you, may not I bet you couldn't I, get the groups together to agree to put together one call center i believe well, they're forming together now well a state come in mm-hmm. well i got all the cities to agree but there were some politicians that didn't want to turn turn over the some power. of the power that they That's had right. and i could have got it done but i was fighting a few people that didn't want it to what happen would, what would you bet that a two dollar app could fix the problem altogether yeah but right now the state did come in the problem is so bad in arkansas people are dying the problem is so bad in Arkansas, the state come in and had somebody to review it and told the counties, you know, they had to go by the state rules. Lono County was said was told, you only get one call center, and they gave them one year to come up with a plan, and I think they've got till 2025 to implement the plan. But, well, uh, here's the key. I, I had, was having a terrible attack of angina. I called, the, I called 911, person answered. And I, I told them what was going on. They said, what's your address? And I told them, they said, hold on one moment while we transfer you to the correct call center. Mm-hmm. Hold on one moment, all right? And uh, and I'm sitting there. i got my son sitting next to me, and I've got a hold of his shoulder, and all I'm doing is putting a vice grip <laughs> on him. Because it's, it's hurting. Your chest is hurting. It's hurting. Yeah. Did they play hold music while you waited? <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, they played Johnny Cash get a rhythm. No, they start playing, uh, what was it, uh, Blood Rock and DOA. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Well, we had a lady down the, where I was president of the crime watch. She called 911 in the end of the county that we're on. Uh-huh. And she got Plasky County because her cell phone just hit the Plasky oh, County course, Tower. Right across the tower. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right across the road from your house is the Plasky County. I know. So she was told that she called the wrong number to hang up and call back. Call she again. called 911. They told her she called the wrong phone and number. After the rape is over, <laughs> call back. All right, we'll take a break. We got to come and I'm gonna, I want to come back and talk a little bit about NASCAR. NASCAR right. is in a hard spot now. They're being sued for 500 million dollars for being discrimi- for discrimination. 
they just announced a, a new uh, way of doing things that says that if you're white, you need not apply. We'll tell you all about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about uh, uh, QX uh, Kinetics, uh, the QC Kinetics. These folks are great. Uh, I'm not exaggerating when I say that it can change your life. Uh, you can live again without chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. And QC Kinetics is uh, advanced regenerative medicine. They uh, take your body's own uh, concentrated healing properties, put them right into your uh, joint to restore and and repair damaged uh, tissue. That's causing all of the horrible pain that you're going under at this time. The patient satisfaction satisfaction reports are astounding. Finally, a real alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, there's no downtime with QC's treatments. If you have a constant pain in your knees, your hips, your shoulder, your back, you need to call these folks, get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics and see how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine can attack your pain, bring you lasting relief, and all you have to do is to ring them up at 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. Again, QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. Show. So now they have this whole setup in NASCAR that uh, you cannot be white and be part of the, of the uh, teaching. They have all these different diversity courses now. And if you're white, you need not apply. You are privileged. You're blocked from coming in. What about those of us who are like Heinz 57? You're still white, Paul. Oh. I'm I'm looking right across. You look white, so I'm going to assume that you're white. Those those six drops of of Indian blood in me don't count? You have to find. You have to prove it. I'm just saying. I mean, it says in their their uh, the, the laws for these classes, you can be African American, you can be Asian, you can be uh, Pacific Islander, you can be all these other other uh, folks. But if you're white, you cannot take these courses. Hmm. Oh, that's that's funny. The article that I read said that they didn't have any black drivers in their top in the, in their top. Well, that's what I said. Hard, it's a they're between a rock and a hard place. They're being sued for five hundred million dollars because they they don't have enough blacks that are drivers and things. And then on the other side, they themselves start these programs that you can't be white and take part in them. That's crazy. You're just asking for well, you, you know. I I crazy. see. I I think NASCAR should use Bud Light as their sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bubba Wallace is an uh, African-American driver. Oh, yeah. And uh, he did make the points uh, run off. So he is in the chase for the championship. And his car owner is Michael Jordan. So, But, no, NASCAR a long time has been tried to go, you know, the diverse route. They've been instead going of, woke. Instead of, yeah, they've been going woke, so. They've been going woke for a long time, but but, but generally, it, though, I assume in NASCAR, 
it's not based on who you are. It's based on what you do, right? It's, it's what based, you do and who you it's, know it's and how much based. money you come from. Money right. has a lot to do with it. But it's still, it's still based upon winning races and, and winning points. Well, right? That's so exactly so it, right. Regardless of how much money you spend or whatever else, I assume, if you can't get the points or, or win the races, you can't get you can't, You're, you you're can't. exactly right. It comes down the line, you're going to have to drive, but you, you have to have some money to get some skin in the game most right. of the time. Right, because it, it does cost something, but... You know, what's the odds of a, you know, like me, a small-town kid from, uh, come from a small town in Mountain View, Arkansas, to get to be a NASCAR driver? You know, I had, but there there would have been better, there's really better odds to become a professional basketball player or anything else. Is because, it really? uh Because it's such an elite sport, and it takes, you know, it's also a, a ex- multi-million it's dollar expensive sport. expensive and very expensive to get sport. into. Yeah, you don't buy a basketball jersey and some tennis shoes and go play basketball you actually <laughs> have to have yeah, someone to do it yeah you're you're, you're you look, what are you looking at Anna? oh no i'm just looking at the article at, at the article mm-hmm. i tell you why it, it's sad then when we're gonna say all people are not created equal there will be racism in this country nascar is racist by for putting that out that is a racist remark white people. white people need not apply that is racist when are we going to be one nation under god all people are created created equal. That's what my Bible says. And whenever we come to that, we can all be brothers and sisters and on the same level and fellow Americans. But as long as this, you know, is, is going on, better watch my words, as long as this is going on, <laughs> then... Uh, then we have a racist country. So when are the, when are the woke people? When are the woke people going to advocate for increasing the number of women in prisons? Because there's just a, a huge disparity between men and women in prisons. I think it's about ten to one or something like that of women to men in prison. So when are the woke people going to advocate to increase the number of women in prisons just to make it fair? No, I they just an, want everybody let out of prison. I saw an article like that. They were talking about how I think it was. Oh my gosh, that. There was a disproportional amount of white men who were going into the profession of being firefighters. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, so more white men want to risk their life to become a firefighter and save people from burning buildings? so So what needs to happen, I guess, is they need to start going out and kidnapping black men and black women... To make them be firefighters is that, is that the solution now? If you talk, if you talk to many of the NASCAR drivers, if you go back and look at Carl Edwards, if you go back and look at many of the the great guys, Carl Edwards came from Missouri. Uh, Mark Martin came from Batesville, Arkansas, which I was born and raised, and I've I've watched him race through my life. I've been a NASCAR fan up to the, about the last five years. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a NASCAR fan any longer. Let's hold on. We'll pick it up on okay. the other side of the break. Right. right now, it's time for uh, Hannity. Hannity's going to come on and be part of the Dave Ellswick Show and give you his about 90 seconds of his thoughts. Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along with us for the ride. Anyway, you can look up that all that information on NASCAR. They're being sued for $500 million for discrimination, and now they're being attacked, and rightly so, about having all of these diversity and equity classes and no whites need not apply. 
They won't let That's anybody white in there. So they've gone from one extreme to the other extreme. Do, can people control you by suing you? Does your does your moral compass change when somebody sues you? No, but you your wallet do does. You, well, hey, that's fine. <laughs> if you're scared of getting sued, stay in bed. Just do the right thing. Yeah, because you can be sued about anything. Yeah, you can be sued for simple. any reason. Just because somebody's being sued doesn't mean they've done anything wrong. Yeah, you walked out of your garage and you looked at your neighbor wrong. They could bring... You know, legal proceedings against yeah, you. Yeah, people can sue you for any reason. But it's all those frivolous lawyers right. we got running well, and around. Well, part, part of the issue is that we don't have <laughs> we don't have a we don't have a, a good system in place to hold people accountable when they do file frivolous or unlawful or um, false lawsuits. And we should we should be a lot more aggressive about people who file false lawsuits. And then there would be less um, justification for having those. Fears. So I got a question for you. Did you guys see where the shooter shot the people at the dollar store yesterday? I don't guess I did. Yeah, white guy walked in, had an AK, AK uh, uh, AR-15, hmm. and uh, and shot a couple, three people, and had body armor on, had himself a pistol, and that's a terrible thing. But then, but then. The vice president had to chime in. Hmm. So let me read this to you. Harris released a statement about the shooting in which she condemned hatred and violent extremism in America and said that black people are often concerned about racially motivated gun violence against them when they leave their homes. The vice president pointed out that the shooting Saturday was happening as many Americans were celebrating the anniversary of the March on Washington uh, back in 63 from Dr. Martin Luther King uh, by activists demanding civil and economic rights for black Americans. I thought Black Lives Matter forgot all about that, to be honest with you. Anyway, quote, already federal law enforcement has opened a civil rights investigation into this attack and is treating it as a possible hate crime, an act of domestic violent extremism, Harris said. She went on to say, as we allow that investigation to proceed, let us continue to speak truth about the moment we are in. America is experiencing an epidemic of hate. Too many communities have been torn apart by hatred and violent extremism. Too many families have lost children, parents, and grandparents. Too many black Americans live every day with the fear that they will be victims of hate-fueled gun violence at school, at work, at their place of worship, and at the grocery store. And Harris also urged congressional lawmakers to ban assault weapons and pass, quote, other common-sense gun safety measures. Let me just stop right there. Where... If you're a black person, what is the the probably the color of the person who's going to shoot you? When you look at gun violence in black communities today, is it a white guy walking into your community and shooting people? Or is it someone that has the exact same color skin as you have and shoots you, like in the southern part of Chicago? I mean, this is the most ridiculous bull that uh, that 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 I have ever ever isn't that the usual BS? I mean that is 
definitely BS. I also don't want to glaze over the fact, and politicians do it all the time, business people do it all the time. She started with this statement on how hateful everything was and gun violence and everything and how this was this kind of attack because obviously she's commenting on this this occurrence and then she says we're opening an investigation and then she continues to say the things that she said before about how hate crime is a big problem if you're just opening the investigation now and the investigation hasn't even been closed, should you not hold those comments and assumptions until after a full investigation has been conducted? She's basing her argument off of a uh, off of an investigation that's just opened as according to her words and hasn't even concluded. Yeah, but she only when's the last time she stood up in Chicago? on the southwest side and talked about the epidemic of black young people and, uh, you know, just black people in general who have been gunned down in that city over the last few years or in, in New York or in San Francisco or in Baltimore. I can go on and on and on. Black on black crime is at epidemic proportions and nobody wants to deal with it because somehow if you talk about it you're a racist and then you're not a racist you're just talking about what's happening right it's just talking about the news i think part of it is that you know there might be a lot of black people who are afraid of being murdered by white people i'd be more i'd be more worried about being shot by somebody in my own color you maybe sh- you maybe should be. I, I don't know what the statistics are, but the reality is, uh, is 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 that um, people are often afraid of things, and their fears are, are irrational. And so, what is appropriate is to actually help them to have rational fears, and to to um, and to help them not be afraid when their fears are not rational. I'm not going to say that there weren't an irrational acts in our country where white people attack black people sure. and vice versa. But I will tell you this. At this time in our society, in our country, the mi- biggest uh, majority of black crime is black-on-black black crime, and the majority of gun violence is black-on-black black gun violence. I wonder when you could pick up the paper and read an article. They have an agenda. The media has an agenda. The left has an agenda. It's to divide this country and attack and attack anybody that doesn't agree with them, does not have freedom of speech, and does not have the right to do. I'd like to know when you could pick up, pick up an article like this and read it and it not say what color the people were in the article. Why couldn't we just all be Americans that that uh, a 21-year-old person went in and shot three people in a store and racism... And, Race is not a factor. I mean, usually the only time you don't read what it is is when it doesn't match their agenda. And nine out of ten times it doesn't match their agenda. But the one time it does match their agenda, they have to use this terrible crime and try to further their agenda with it. She's not – all she's trying to do is help – their political career and 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 help herself 
uh, like you said, she's not been down in the streets of Chicago trying to solve the problem. No. She's just going to no. get up on a pedestal whenever something happens that furthers uh, the message that they want to give. But at some point, ladies' justice is standing there holding the balances, should not should have a blindfold on, and all people should be judged equally, prosecuted equally, and treated equally. And whenever we get that, our country will not be divided anymore. Yeah, I don't care what color the person's skin is that they're killing. Uh, I'm worried that they're killing somebody. Exactly. And you're putting, you're glorifying in a way, or at least putting into the public eye the perpetrator. Which in this situation, the perpetrator There's a scumbag. Even Ron yeah, DeSantis called him a scumbag. Shouldn't be named. Shouldn't be described. Yeah, they found they found a manifesto that he had well, and, and that was well, and, you know just bizarre. You know, maybe we should make them popular, but make them popular because they've been punished publicly. Infamous. Publicly pu- yeah. punished publicly. And Don't punished make them quickly. famous. Make them infamous. And punished quickly. It doesn't need to be ten or twenty years from now. Prioritize it. Make it happen fast. All right. Do we need to get another break in? Are we at that point that we should get? Yeah, we are at that point, are we? I need to uh, remind people about, uh, let's see, who am I talking about right now? i got to get my list out. I'm, I'm, I've misplaced my list, Aaron. Who should, I, who should I be talking about now? Tell me. You, who am I talking about? P.I. Roofing. All right, well, I'll talk about P.I. Roofing. I'm looking. Oh, there's my list. I found it now. There, just as you said it, it was. It appeared on my desk. PI Roofing. You know what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you how great of a roofing company they are. I'm going to tell you I've used them countless times over the last 23 years, and I've owned my home. And I will tell you that they have done the best work possible on my home. They come out. They do. Uh, well, they they do one of those jobs where. You think, where's the leak coming from? Because it's it's happening in my living room, but I go up on the roof and I look around and I don't see anything. that I don't see any place where it should be leaking. And then they come out, they get on the roof, and they find one nail sticking up at the very end of the house over the, uh, the garage. And that's where the leak is coming from. And it's leaking from the garage door all the way down. And across the house until you get over into the living room, and then it makes its way and get a little discoloration. Have had that fixed now as well, but uh, they take care of finding it. They put that nail back where it belongs. They cover it with some some uh, tape, that special tape they got, and some special tar, and haven't had any problems at all with that. That's just one example of many I could give you of how PI Roofing has serviced my family and myself and taking care of the roof on my home uh, all you have to do is give them a call 501-707-3115 it's 501-707-3115 tell them i told you to call or visit them online at piroofing.com so let's uh, cut over to uh, rd he found uh, an, an abstract that the government put out. Most things that the government talks about are abstract. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead there. Uh, I just Marty. pulled up on the an article from the U.S. Department of Justice programs on on crime, 
and they have an abstract. This is from the U.S. Department of Justice. It says 80 to 90 percent of of black victims are killed by murder victims are killed by other black men. Yeah, let's let's look at the very beginning. It says today, homicide is the leading cause of death. The leading cause of death among young black men and contributes significantly to the shortened lifespan of the black male. Then you go in and, and it says 80 to 90 percent of uh, black uh, victims were killed by another black person. Uh, we're not hearing that from the vice president. That That's the real it's not, tragedy It's not here. sensational. It's not sensational. Oh, it would to... be if people start talking about it. Maybe, but but I think it's just not sensational and not it doesn't fit their agenda. And um, thank you. But the, that's that's the thing is though that oftentimes people are afraid of things irrationally. But the reality is, in the past, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy years ago, there were a lot of black people who were abused pretty badly by white people. Yeah. And so there's there's still kind of some residual memory of that. A lot of a lot of the people who are alive they're growing up right now their grandparents still remember it they were still alive to, to experience some of that and so there's there's still some of that and i think part of part of that could be fixed if better accountability had happened like we've still got people alive right now that are responsible for some of the serious abuses against black people i well, brought that i'll up. tell you i'll tell you something else let's talk about lynching mm-hmm. all right and a lot of people talk about lynching do you know there were more. There's been more white people, people lynched. Have, have been lynched than black people. Wouldn't surprise me. It's true. The KKK probably lynched it's more true. white they, people. Huh? Yeah, they went out. <laughs> anybody who helped black people was lynched. Mm. Just the way it was. But nobody talks about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at when the civil rights marches were going on, there were a lot of white people that marched with the black folk because they didn't believe in what Abusive was going on. Behavior, right. That's I mean, my kind of people that do the right thing in spite of the consequences. Absolutely. I and, agree and with no you. Matter what, no matter what color your skin but, is. But the problem is, R.D., is that people change the narrative to make it look a certain way because, as Paul said, they have an agenda that they want to promote, and the agenda they promote is a false one. Right. And the thing is, that there, there are people alive who engaged in some pretty serious criminal behavior against black people um that, that came out back in the the um democratic debates um the last election cycle look with, we can um, look at tulsa we can look at rose city in florida there's a lot of different places that we've had uh that have occurred that i'm not pl- proud about to talk about and about what happened uh but the bottom line is those are far and in between it doesn't lessen the impact that those had on uh, you know the different peoples who were involved in it, dead is dead. Whether you're sure. white, green, right. and, sure. or, mm-hmm. or pink, you know. And biblically, it's not right to hold people responsible for something they didn't do. The sins of the and father. Yeah, in right. I think it's Old Testament talks about the proverb that. The children, the parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. And it says that they are not to use that saying anymore. It it addresses that. You don't punish people for the sins of their of their parents. And but the reality is that there are there are people that could be punished. Democrats 
that could be punished for the crimes they committed against black people, they're still walking around alive. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mayor Bloomberg ran for the Democratic um, ticket in the presidential race back several years ago, and he was kind of beat up a little bit for that because he was some of his policies in New York City. And he deserved to be beat up for it. And, and I'd be okay with him being sued and taking all of his money because of the insanely criminal abuse that he, ga he engaged in against people in general, but especially against black people in the city of New York. And um, with his stop and frisk policy, that was a straight-up violation of the Fourth Amendment. These people were being assaulted by government officials. And there's, there's a Democrat who's got a pile of money that they could go after. But guess what? He's a Democrat, so that doesn't really fit their agenda so much to um, hold him accountable as much as they would maybe like to. Well, their agenda is dividing this country, and that's what they want to do. That They do not want unity. Everything that they profess that they're for, they're actually against. So... If, if everybody wants unity and everybody wants this country to be one nation under God, then all we need to do is start treating everybody equal. Well, no, I think and they, NASCAR I, I think is not going to accomplish that. I think they that. want it to be maybe one nation under the LGBTQ flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and what did Kamala Harris accomplish in her statement, I guess, is the question. Nothing. There was no call to unity. There was no acts for loving one another, for equality. She had no end point that would help the cover the the country move forward or unite at all. I'd say there was no point to what she said other than to bring to light maybe what she wanted as far as her agenda goes, but as far as actual value in her statement. Where is the call for unity? Where is... I mean, look at the speech that the president gave after 9-11. It's those kinds of calls for unity that you expect to see from figureheads such as that after tragedy. And it just wasn't it. It was just her using it to further her own agenda. There was no further, sympathy. Further fan the flames of emotion. And Barack Obama would do that sometime in his speeches. Mm -hmm. A lot of times Barack Obama, at least, I mean, he had an agenda also, but at least at times he would come out and say, We've got to come together as one nation, and we've got to work together with each other. And he would say that, but Palmer, yeah, but, but you're I exactly remember right. When he when he pointed the finger at the police when they oh, uh, yeah. when they got went after that college professor, and that college professor was absolutely wrong in what he had done. You didn't hear a lot about the three police beating that guy to death in in Memphis. No, you hadn't heard anything about that lately, have that, you? That, that's kind of died. That down, was the most it? horrific thing that I have ever watched in my life of them beating that guy to death. It's kind of like the Rodney King beating. Yeah, I mean, it it that's pitiful and it doesn't fit their agenda. It's terrible, and no matter what skin color they are, the police ought to be judged. And, and there should be justice served in it, and it doesn't make any difference what their skin color is. What they did was wrong. Well, and it, it is interesting though because what we saw in um, Minnesota, there's we had they had some some white police officers that abused a black man. He died under their hand essentially, and um, so there was a big uproar about that. And they're all in jail now. And, yeah, I guess all or most of them were convicted of like murder. The three, the and, three um, of them that killed that guy. Yeah, so they're all the in jail. The thing is, though, that I, I could look at that situation and say they probably didn't intend to kill him. They intended to abuse him, and he died because he was probably a lot more fragile than what he appeared. In the case of the one there in Memphis, like they tried to kill him. I think it was, it was, it was not an accident. 
they, they weren't they weren't just trying to be mean. And they, they were, were setting him they up. They were trying to murder they him. They set I him think, up. It seems like they, yeah, they, 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 they were trying yeah. to engage in extremely brutal behavior. All right, we got to take a break. We got to get to the news when we come back. Lori Justice will join us. We're going to talk about how do you take a blue county and make it at least purple. We'll talk about that as we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you here. It's a Monday show. Uh, We covered a myriad of issues in the first uh, couple hours. Now we're going to we're going to get more specific about the area we're going to talk about, uh, but it's a an issue that I've kind of reached out and had different people on from time to time to talk about it. Uh, here in Arkansas, uh, we have made huge gains on a state level with uh, conservatism. I mean, huge gains. Uh, all of our of our uh, constitutional officers are now Republicans. All of uh, our majority, supermajority in the House, I think 82 or 83 members are Republican. Uh, over in the Senate, again, the same thing is going on. You've got about, uh, how many we got, 32 now that are not that many, 28? Somewhere in that area, all right? But it's a supermajority. So we got all of these conservatives for the most part that are in uh, the state legislature in the state uh, as far as the uh, as we look at uh, the constitutional offices we now have four conservative supreme court justices uh, which gives us a majority i think that's the first time that's ever happened uh, here in the state But where we're really lacking at right now is that when you look at your city councils, you look at your school boards, you look at your quorum courts, they are still fairly blue across the state. So I brought in Lori Justice, who's one of my favorite people. She doesn't know that, but (laughs) she's one of my favorite people. I watch what she does and what I see reported from time to time and things of that nature. And she's been doing a lot of right things. And uh, you're you're working here. Are you the chairman of the Pulaski Republican Party? Is that yes. what you are? Okay. Yeah, Pulaski County Republican Committee. Okay, so you are talking to people all the time. I have always had the feeling, as I talk to Republicans here in Pulaski Party, uh, County, they're de- defeatists. Yes, they've they've been beat on so often. They they've they've gone into elections. They thought they've had a shot and get beat bad. I know I talked to a lot of Republicans who thought that, you know, Steve Landers would would run a close race uh, for the uh, the mayor mayoralship here of Little Rock. In the end, even though the mayor who had been elected before him had all kinds of ethical questions swirling around him. Uh, the community gathered around him and and uh, brought him back for a second term. Right. Overwhelmingly brought him back. And that includes in the West areas where that's where the predominance of uh, Republicans are. Right. 
they voted for him. A sheriff candidate, too. We had a yeah, good sheriff Yeah, the same thing with the sheriff, yeah. So let me ask you, where are we at? What seems to be the problem? And how do we solve this? I mean, I'm asking you probably an answer you yourself are searching for right now as well. But bring us up to date. Where do you okay. think we're at right now? Well, um, our committee came under new leadership in January. Okay. Um, the entire committee um, is new. And um, we had some ideas, and uh, we, we were frustrated because I had asked people in the old leadership, well, why don't we run anybody for uh, county judge? And I was told, well, because uh, Pulaski's a Democrat county. <laughs> and so my answer was like, well, if we don't ever run anybody, we're never going to win. Now, that goes back to that defeatist yes. attitude that yes. I was talking about. This is Pulaski. We can't win here. There are too many liberals. And so what we've done is um, we have, number one, we actually update our social media, which wasn't being done in the past. Um, We try to reach people through social media. We have um, a gentleman by the name of Paul Timmer who joined our committee. He ran um, a campaign in the past, and he is helping us implement some new technology some new changes we are doing advertising we are reaching out um to people through text um we are planning to have a lincoln day dinner in uh, october which i don't think pulaski county has had one in over 10 years um and we are uh, we've developed committees which didn't use we didn't used to have one of them is an outreach committee, and we are going to be going out into the African-American and Hispanic communities because a lot of them are conservative thinkers. And um, there have been several Democrats who decided they're Republicans and they want to come join the Republican Party and possibly even run as candidates, um, Republican candidates. They see that the liberal ideology is failing. It's failing all of us. No, it is, has. Yes, it's incredibly broken <laughs> and it's destructive in many, in so many different ways. It is, it is. So we are working. We are doing. We are doing some new things, and whether they work or not, I don't know. And it may even take a couple of election cycles. But we're really honing in on our JP races, and I think we have right now four people that are considering a run um, for JP. We have five out of the fifteen spots mm-hmm. so we are the minority on a the large on minority the large minority so um just brushing it to the side and not doing anything about it is not an option for us so we we are trying some new things we're going to see how they work out so and we are encouraging people to come join our committee if you are frustrated with the way things are going and you want to come join us and you just don't know what to do you you want to help make a change, but you don't know where to get involved. You don't know what to do. We encourage you to come. If you are a conservative, conservative Republican, um, and believe in our principles and our platform, come on. So. Yeah, I'll give you a good example. I've been following these ward meetings that the mayor has been having about the one percent mm-hmm. tax that he wants to pass. He is running into a headwind that is very, very strong. It is more conservative than it is liberal by a long shot. And it would seem that this gives the Republican Party uh, an opportunity to speak out about what could be done to make things 
much better in the city. Right. All right. And I know that you've talked to people about this. What are some things that, that what are some things Republicans can do uh, besides just attack the mayor of, on wanting to do another stupid tax uh, to be able to to offer some ideas of what to do here in this city? Well, I mean, they need to attend the meetings and they need to make their voice heard. They need to contact him and they need to get with other like-minded people because people have to band together to make their voices heard. They really do. And, you know, they need to get together with other people and they need to attend the meetings, um, attend and and let their voices be heard that that's not something we want. We already have we already have high taxes here and we don't want more. So they need to get together and make make their voices heard. Yeah, it seems to me this is a real opportunity for conservatives to offer, you know, why does the mayor always want to do this? Why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. You know, offer something that makes more sense. Right. You know, now I don't know if media would cover it or not, all right? But the bottom line is you're talking about this Paul Timmer, and I've met Paul before. I've had him on my show, I know, Mm -hmm. when he ran for uh, office, that uh, this is something we just need to get it out and get it in front of people constantly. Is that what Paul is going to be trying to do? Um, He's going to be doing a lot of different things, and that's one thing he can do um, with the advertising. We can do a lot of different things, and um, but we are also advertising our committee because a lot of people don't know that we're there. I didn't know that Pulaski County had a Republican committee for a long time, and um, I think that we we need to implement a lot of strategies to be able to affect the change, and we're going to have to try a lot of things out and see what works. So, okay. yes, that is something he can do, is get some things out about the tax. Okay, well, some things have worked for you thus far. Right. Why don't you talk a little bit, because I want to talk about the future now. Okay. All right, because th- th- we know what the past has been mm-hmm. like. It's not been good. Mm-hmm. Now we want to talk about the future. So what are some of these, you've given us a few things that need to be done. How do we get everybody to lock in on this stuff and be part of the of the solution? Well, they need to get together. They need to come to our meetings. They need to attend. And um, because, you know, I was frustrated years ago, a couple of years ago, when I first started getting involved. And But I thought, I'm one person, so what do I do? I, what, how do I make a difference? I'm not anybody. Well, you got involved in elections. Well, I did. I was a poll. I got poll watchers yeah. together and did that. And I think I came here and talked about that. Yeah, you That's, did good. Well, thank you. That's that's one thing. But there's so many things that need to be done. And we are working with poll watchers. We are recruiting poll workers. Also, we desperately need Republican poll workers um, in Pulaski County. Right now, majority of the poll workers are Democrat. And the law says that we should have at least half. So um, there's so many ways people can get involved. And there's a lot of different things. I know people are busy and they don't have a lot of time. People are raising their kids or working. But there are things you can do, even if you just have a small amount of time, that you can do to make a difference. And, you know, they can, they can come to our meetings. They can contact me um, if they don't want to come to the meetings, but they still want to be a poll watcher or want to be a poll worker or want to help with a campaign or whatever it is. Um, we have a job for everybody. And everybody's, this I've said this, that everyone has a skill. Everyone has been given a gift. And everyone's gifts are different. 
And if we all get together and put our gifts together and our talents, we can we can go a long way. We can do a lot. Um, but we, we have to have everybody's help because your gifts are different than mine. Okay, so I hear I hear what you're saying, but now here's here's the caveat mm-hmm. to what you're saying. And that is uh, there has been a heated fight that has gone on in the local party here in Correct. Pulaski Party. Mm-hmm. How do we move forward uh, for some people who, the way I, I always talk about, they got butt hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that and not get fined. But the, the, the bottom line, how do you move past that? How do they move past that mm-hmm. and still want to be part of the party? Well, they need to consider what their motivations are. What's your motivation for why are you upset about this? If we're doing this and we're trying to make changes for the good, isn't that what we want for our party? Isn't our Shouldn't our common goal be to promote the party and to build and we welcome everybody um, even the older republicans that may not be happy about what's going on we welcome them back and i had a conversation with seth about that um, a long time ago that yes we we welcome them back but we have to have a common goal which is to build our party up and to promote republicans in pulaski county yeah they got look You'll remember if you weren't part of the, quote, establishment, uh, what it was like to to finally be able to come in and to make points that you wanted to make. And maybe they were accepted. Maybe they were turned away. You remember how that felt. Well, now they feel that way. Mm-hmm. So how... You need to you need to draw from your own personal experience right. of how you what you did to get involved and and the way I like to put it you need to offer some grace here right right you know and and mm-hmm. to move forward for the betterment of the party right I agree I agree and you know they are welcome the the older establishment republicans or whatever they're called um are welcome to participate in our committees we've asked for volunteers and everyone's welcome to participate all right let's take a break we're going to have Lori on for the hour i told her she'll be on for the hour she said an hour no she didn't say that (laughs) goes by fast she's looking forward to it It goes fast and there's some look i just asked a tough question Mm -hmm. that is a tough question because there's some people out there right now, uh, I can name a couple of names of people, wouldn't matter what was done, they'd be against it. Right. I'm just saying, they'd just yeah. be against it. They mm-hmm. would They would attack people about it, have gone as far as when somebody even came close to them in a meeting. Right. And, get away from me. You know, come on. You've got to get away from that. That's what we've got to get. You can't be, you can't be the enemy mm-hmm. of the party. You right. got here comes my eighty twenty speech. <laughs> you gotta be a Reaganite. I'm just telling you. It's important to be a Reaganite on this. It's to put the past behind you and let's move towards the future. All right, a break here on the Dave Ellswick show. Let me remind you about what Pat Davis is trying to do. He's trying to break you away from the past. He's trying to get you involved with the future. What's the future? Well, talking to him about your health insurance, you're you're playing the game of the health of the health uh, uh, businesses out there that are uh, literally bleeding you to death. Whether it be with the cost of your health premium, 
whether it be uh, the co-pays that they charge you, whether it's the deductibles they hit you with, you talk to Pat Davis and let him tell you how much money he can save you, and I'm going to guarantee you this. He can probably save you somewhere well over $1,000 a year. $1,000 a year. That's a lot of money. That's hundred and something dollars a, a a month. You do that. That's a lot of milk. That's a lot. Of, that's a, at least a couple of tanks of gas now. And we get a Republican in again. You'd be able maybe get three or four out of that. But the bottom line is, we're talking money that you can spend to help your family. So I want you to, t- to talk to Pat Davis. And and here's the number one thing I hear from people. Well, I have pre-existing conditions. Pat knows that, and he can work around them just the way, of, 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 you know, life, not life, but uh, health insurance does now uh, when they're talking to you about your health insurance. They'll help you get around pre-existing conditions. Talk to Pat uh, Davis or somebody of his uh, uh, company about this. Save 30 to 50% on your premium. Lower your deductibles and get rid of your co-pays. Now, that will average uh, several thousand dollars a year for most people. Uh, call him or text him, 1-501-605-6935. 1-501-605-6935. And the folks over at uh, Pat Davis are going to treat you better than what most of the companies that you're going to talk to, if you get to talk to a person and not playing on their phone the whole time. You know, if you want to talk to th- talk about this, press 1. If you want to talk about this, press 3. Then you press 3 and you go uh, there and it says, if you want to talk about this part of this part of the thing you want to talk about, press 1. And you go through it all over again. You won't do that with Pat Davis. Or visit him online, Your Health Plan Man. Your health plan, man. One, one word. Dot com. All right, back with you, Lori Justice is our guest. She's the uh, the head of the uh, Pulaski part of the Republican Party. I'm just going to put it that way. It's easy for you to understand that way. Instead of trying to get into, well, this is the exact title. I'm not going to get into all that. I'm just let you know. That if you want to know what's going on in the Pulaski Republican Party, this is the woman to talk to. And there's a lot of other people you can talk to, but I like to bring in the person where the buck stops here, so to speak. So we brought her in today. And I, uh, and I trust what she has to say. And because she's never lied to me in the past. So uh, we've talked about elections a lot. And uh, we work together, uh, I would say, as well. I mean with some of the people that were on the election com- uh, committee and things of that nature. They had a tough, tough job. There were some people from the Republican side that attacked them. A whole lot of people attacked them from the Democrat side. And it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't pleasant to watch, to be honest. But the thing that has bothered me most, uh, Lori, and, and it's the part I brought up, and, you know, R.D., you can, I can get you involved with this as well, and that is defeatism that I see. Uh, amongst uh, the Republican uh, Party here locally. And that is a lot of city councils are blue, lots of quorum courts are blue, 
a lot of school boards are blue. And I've always told you that the smallest forms of government are the closest forms of government to you and where you can make your most impacts. Uh, I was going to run for school board until Salem told me I couldn't. They told me you can't, Dave, because we'll have to take you off the air during the election. And that means we can't pay you. Well, that kind of that kind of locked everything in for me as far as what I could do at that point, because I don't know it. I didn't have any kind of any kind of campaign set up where people are going to pay me enough money to run or pay my bills for me, right. things of that nature. So let, let's just talk about that. You know, how do we how do we break through that defeatism? Look, we've done it over in. Uh, District One, mm-hmm. you know, we we broke through it. District One, the strong Not, district. I got one. I got one minute left here. We haven't broke through it in the school board yet, but we're working at it. All right, just let's talk about that a little bit. What needs to be done? Do you think, uh, uh, R.D. about what we're talking about? What's the difference between us and and uh, you know over in you know District Two? Well, District 2 is turning around also. It's just more people have to get involved, and we have to have a, a And how positive. did you do that over in, for instance, Cabot? Uh, well, we we called our friends and neighbors. We had Lincoln Day dinners, and I think Lincoln Day dinners are a great thing because at Lincoln Day dinners, we invite people from church. We invite people from communities. We invite our business people, and they get to come together, and they get to see people from the Republican Party and the Republican Committee, and it's easy to get them involved once you expose them to it. All right. Keep that thought. We'll come back. We'll talk more about it. Lori, thanks for coming in. Stay with us. We've got more coming your way after the news. All right. I'll be there tonight, just so you know. My problem is I forget. All right, I'll start trying to text you. Yeah, text me and say, hey, don't forget. Yeah, when Jennifer slaps me and tells me <laughs> I got to go, I'll text you right after I'll I be there slapped. tonight, all right? <laughs> 7 o'clock tonight. Still over there by the library? Yeah, I believe it's going to be at the library tonight. I'll, I'll okay. let you know for sure. This Chick-fil-A's yeah. not open yet. I keep waiting for it to open because then I can go to the meeting and then I can go to Chick-fil-A. They got a new sandwich that you're, but I digress. Let's get back to what we were talking about. And that, that I want to talk about, and if you're here in Pulaski County and you're a conservative, how come you're not coming to the meetings That's if right. you haven't been? Why aren't, why aren't you part of it? Yes, sir. Could I do a little description of what a conservative is? That's a word that yeah, people throw around, you know, a lot. And I think really the Republican Party, most people in it are socially conservative. I'd have to give them that. But to me, conservative means that you're for a smaller government, less expensive. You're for lower taxes. You want to cut the budget in the city, county, and the state. And you want to cut social programs that discourage people to work. And you want to come up with policies that promote personal responsibilities. To me, that's what a conservative is. And we have a lot of Republicans, but we don't have that many what I would call conservative Republicans. That's and right. that's what we're working on. We've turned this, we've turned, we've turned this state, uh, you know, pink, but now it's time to turn it dark red. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it, and, and it's time to cut some taxes and cut some programs. Right. Well, and Dave 
pulled out just what I was thinking about, which is the platform. We have a platform. and Can um, I read it real fast? Yes. Let me go through the yeah. principles, all right? Let me give you the principles. If you are a true Republican, you believe these principles, and you stand for these principles. If you don't, you need to check what you call yourself. One, the power of faith in God Almighty and one's right to personal prayer and collective worship. Two, the sanctity of life. Three, individual responsibility and initiative. Four, individual freedom and liberty secured by a limited government, which you just were talking about. Uh, Five, private property rights. Six, lower taxes to produce economic growth. Seven, strong national defense. Eight, the personal right to own and bear arms. Nine, the equal and just enforcement of the law. And finally, separate and independent branches of the government. That means three independent branches of the government. Keep that in mind. So that's what we believe in. And I went to the, the, the state meeting the other weekend, and I was stunned that we couldn't even come to an agreement and push forward that you have to be a registered Republican to run as a Republican. Right. That floored me, too. I thought, who will vote against that? Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that, Lori. And I couldn't believe only 100 and, out of 371 people that could vote, only 103 voted for that, which makes you know, me challenge everybody to think, are we following the principles of the Republican Party? You know, a lot of people would call us, the people in this room that's talking, a bunch of, of uh, a Tea Party m- members instead of what they call Republicans. And I believe the main problem, and, and I've said this for years, I believe the main problem is the money that we get from the federal government that's so much more than what we pay into the federal government. And there is a, they're afraid of if any of our tin-hat Tea Party extremists gets involved, that we may cut some of those billions of dollars that comes to the state to fund all the program that incentivize people not to work and uh, oh, pays for their taxes and uh, keeps all the construction companies building uh, schools and R- Blue Cross Blue Shield houses and and all of this money. Right, and I think I think that you may be onto something there. Is that 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 money goes somewhere and it people people. Um, Make money off of those services that the government is purchasing out of the private sector, quasi-private sector. What does money equate to? Power. Thank you. Absolutely. And so the, yeah, and so then if you can if you can funnel all this money to your buddies in construction companies and service providers of just all sorts of different um, types, whether it be medical providers, you've got all the different support agent support companies to support the medical industry. And and then you you got a lot of other things for um, education for so called criminal justice and whatever else all that stuff gets paid for with these federal dollars and oftentimes I think it, it may be very very lucrative because there's sometimes there's no competition to speak of. Okay, so with what you just said, let me t- turn it back to Lori. Lori, I'm sure that at your at the meetings, and I don't live in Pulaski County. I live in Lono County. Uh, I'm sure that you talk about these things amongst the committee. Um, I mean, when you look, at, you listen to what you're hearing folks say here. This is stuff that 
as true Republicans, if we really believe in in the principles that we espouse, we want to get rid of some of this stuff. Right. Right. And, you know, we are trying to get people to run, understand that, you know, a lot of people who are um, who were looking for people that were finding that want to run don't want to run, if that makes sense to mm-hmm. you. There are people that um, they aren't running for a position because they want to benefit from it. They're running because they want their country back, and they see these things, and they see people being bought out, politicians being bought out. That's that's part of the frustration that we're feeling. I mean, this, this didn't just happen in Pulaski County. This is happening across the country. This is a movement. It's not just a little little county here in, in the state. This is an entire movement of people who they're tired of this kind of thing they're tired of when they say elitist that's what they mean are the people who are benefiting from all of this and people who are um making sure their buddies uh, are taken care of and that's not you mean what the, the men who live north in richmond <laughs> that's right <laughs> the rich men who live north in yeah. richmond. right this is about the people this is about what i say us little people um it's about us it's about representing us it's not representing um other people's interests it's about representing your constituents and the people you work for and i think that's really pushing people out and making them want to get involved so we're looking for people like that we're looking for people who are not out there to to benefit themselves but people who are out there because they want to make a difference i have kids I mean, you've got grandkids, and... Um, Man, do I have grandkids. <laughs> that's what this is about. <laughs> this is about the future. This is, it's about changing things for future generations and not letting it stay like it is. And, you know, it takes a lot of money. When we talk about grassroots, you know, our party, and it's something that we need to address, and I'd say all of us need to address that are part of the Republican Committee and have been for years, they just really raised the price to run for any state position. Mm-hmm. I believe they just about doubled. They most, did double it. They doubled <laughs> most positions. And I think when I wrote a check f- to run for Senate, I think it was seemed like it was somewhere between five and $10,000 to run for state Senate. And on the race, to run a decent race for state Senate, you're going to spend $150,000 to, to run for a Senate race. And then if it looks like that you're one of these Tea Party-type Republicans and it comes down to the last month and you're ahead, then these construction companies and all these concrete companies, they'll peel out a million dollars to try to turn it around in the last 30 days. So we have to raise money. We have to get people involved. Mm -hmm. We have to give a positive message that less government is better government. That's the only way to make government more efficient is to make it smaller. Right. And we, we've got the right message, but then we have to raise money and we have to fund these people. That's right. And, you know, we've had a, a situation where we have some legislators that won't, they don't want to participate in our committee because... How come? Well, I think they they see us as radical or whatever now, but we're not. We just believe in accountability and we believe in those principles that you have right in front of you. And those are not suggestions, in our opinion. That we should all agree on that. So they're not like the Ten Commandments. 
They are the commandments, correct? They are. They are. I mean, that's when you say Ten Commandments, that's what it means. It's not Ten Suggestions. Right, right. That's what we should all believe. That should be the common ground that we have right there. Okay. That's all right. Go ahead and finish. Well, I just, I'm just saying that, you know, that is what we should all be able to agree with is, is the, the, the principles, the platform. And that should be more than just a suggestion. All right, Buddy's on the line. Buddy, how are you? Welcome. And uh, you had a point that you wanted to make. Buddy, are you there? Hey, hey, Dave. Yes, sir. Okay, you're up. Okay. Okay, sorry. I just I just heard you guys talking about running for office, and, of course, R.D. ran, and I ran. And, you know, you, you were talking about how difficult it was to get people who want to run, but are not, you know, it's not um, the way it used to be. So, in other words, it's like this. People ask me, and I'm sure they ask R.D. the same thing. Hey, buddy, when are you going to run again? Brother, you need, to, you need to be up there. You need to get your name out there. You need to do it. You need to go. And I'm like, uh, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and really don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. So, I, I truly get it from an experiential standpoint. I know R.D. does, too. And so it, it is harder now to get good, honest, moral, righteous, credible people to run because the system has so corrupted it. It's, and that's exactly what you're talking about. So I just want to say I get it, and, and you guys are right on point, right on spot. So, you know, I don't know what the whole answer is, but... You know, uh, for me personally, if God tells me to run again, I'm going to run again. If he doesn't, well, then I'm not. But, again, that's me personally. Um, so I get I it. To, I just want to chime in on that because I get exactly where you guys are because I've been there experientially, and it does make a difference. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate you right. for what, uh, what you have to offer to us today. And Go I'll ahead, Lonnie. Out. You know, I, I oh, understand, Lord. too. I ran for JP last time. And um, so I get what Buddy's saying. I, I ran for JP. I did not win my race. It was difficult. But I'm going to tell you, one thing that, that I did not get was help. Um, I got a check from my committee. Um, I was on luck. my own. I, that's right. That was exactly <laughs> it. I mean, okay, so I've never run before. I don't know what <laughs> paperwork I'm supposed to file, and you have to file a uh, financial disclosure and multiple things. Um, my my primary opponent was in our committee. He never filed a financial disclosure. He didn't even know he was supposed to do this. So we've created a candidate assistance committee to help people, to walk with them, because the people that we're recruiting, a lot of them have never run before. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to raise money. I didn't know how to raise money. I was told, you got to raise $20,000. Well, how do I do that? I don't know people with $20,000. Um, they need help. And, and that he, Buddy has a point. You've done it before. You've lost. And it, it's difficult. And so that's one of the things our county committee is trying to do to help get candidates is to have this campaign assistance committee helped them the whole time throughout the entire process Mm -hmm. and um we also lowered our fees for filing um and and we did catch some flack over that from some people that didn't like that but we lowered our jp filing fees from five hundred dollars down to 250 
because our argument was that if you want somebody to run in a Democrat-held district, they don't want to put up $500 because it may take two or three cycles to get that district, and you can't expect them to do that. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll talk further about this, and uh, we will uh, see what you have to say about when it's all. Give you something with a water cooler to talk about. I guarantee you that this is what this will do. What I try to do is to get you started into talking to each other. Each other. you got to do that. All right? Give each other a little bit of grace and talk to each other. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry located at 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6, as I like to mention. Right now, people are uh, thinking about getting married. They're uh, getting married. They're thinking about getting married. If you need a, a wedding band set... If you need a, an engagement ring, go out to a jeweler that, you, that, uh, that you've been to before and say, uh, I want this, I want that, I want, this is the setting, this is the type of gold, this is the kind of you know, gemstone, and find out how much they want to do that with you. Or just pick one off the display case. I really like that one. And then uh, you know, get the information on it and bring it back and let Eric look at it. Just look at the information. If you can get a picture of it, that's even better. And he'll tell you that he'll save you 10 or 20% on it if you just uh, bring it back to him. And, uh, you know, 20% off of a, uh, an engagement ring can be a significant amount of money. So uh, go see Eric over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Save some money. Get the best-looking jewelry possible. Get the highest quality of jewelry possible at 3000 Kavanaugh Suite E, open Monday through Saturday, 10 till 6. What Lori is saying, you know, if you're a conservative, if you consider yourself a Republican, why aren't you involved with the committee if you live here in Pulaski County? You know, whether you're off in the... In the, in the west side or wherever you might be, you might be down in the, the southwest side. Right. But the bottom line, everybody's got to get involved and in, in bring their talent, as you said, uh, t- to the table. Right. That's the way we win across I mean, the state. That's what, how do, what, do you, what are we talking about as, as, as far as membership? How many people are are coming to the meetings right mm, now right now we have anywhere from well, i'm gonna say generally around 80 people to 100 we had 130 last month when we oh, had our. that's pretty our, good we had our <laughs> um our cookout it depends because summertime it tends to go down you got a lot of people on vacation well so yeah it should of course. pick up now I'm it's gonna 150 say 100 people. degrees i don't people yeah, may not want to be hot <laughs> <laughs> your tires are melting to the road I can understand that some people don't want to get out in yeah. that. But bottom line, now that school's back in session and people are, are home and things of that nature, you have a pretty good turnout then. We should, yes. We should. We've, you know, we're hoping to build it up and, and get people coming. So our meetings are the third Thursday of every month. So this month will be September 21st. It's Thursday night at RPA headquarters at 1201 West 6th Street. And they can go to our Facebook page, Pulaski County Republicans. And they can also go to our website, which is PulaskiArkansasGOP.com. And they can message us if they have any questions or comments or whatever. You know, we welcome those. So, Okay. Anything else you want to bring up, Artie? No. Let's just get everybody 
No, I, I'm glad to hear that she's getting everybody involved. It sounds like there's a lot of enthusiasm in Pulaski County, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see what they can do. But we need to we need smaller government, lower taxes, and more freedom. And we're going to have to fight to get back what the Democrats have already given away. Now, here's the key. It, you know, right now is the time to really get involved because we're going into another election That's cycle. Right. We're going to need people. Yeah, abs- absolutely going to need people to to be involved. W- did you say you're going to have a, a Reagan dinner? Yes, we're going to have one October 20th. We're still working on the speaker for that, who we're going to get, but everything else has been set up. So it's going to be at the Chanel Event Center. Um, and um, so it should be a good time. We're, we'll get the speaker lined out probably this week. Okay. So. Do you have some names that you're already working well, we got a few. I don't want to say them because I don't know who we're going to get. Okay. So, yeah. Well, let me talk to you about that okay. before you leave today. Absolutely. All right. I'll put a couple of names in your ear. Okay. All right. We are out of time. Give that uh, give that uh, website one more time. Okay. It is PulaskiArkansasGOP.com. All right. Keep this in mind. No change will happen if you don't change and get involved. If you've been involved and you got you know you got upset and you didn't like the way things worked come on back and work within the structure that's there now you can do it you can do it and uh, think about the principles in our platform and how you can help make those uh, principles that uh, are adhered to in pulaski county when's the last time we had a a red mayor have we ever had a red mayor Depends on what your definition is. <laughs> okay. When's the last time we? Well, when's the last time we've had a, a real conservative as mayor here in the uh, city? And yeah, Lewisky County. Yeah, that's right. It's, I I don't remember one. All right. I've either. only been down here for you guys. Either. Okay. So, I moved down here thirty years ago. So it's time. That's what we're saying. It's time. All right. Coming back, Ed Monk is going to join us. He's doing a. Uh, another training you're going to want to be there we'll tell you how you can be a part of it when we come back on the dave elsrick show thank you lord we appreciate you bye-bye Ellswick show over the weekend guy walked in uh, to a uh, dollar store I think it was and with an AR-15 and killed three people Uh, being involved in an active shooter situation should be a rarity but as sad as it might be it's not as rare as it should be here in our country at times. And with that in mind, I've asked uh, Ed Monk to join us again here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Plus, 
He's got a, a special class that's coming up tomorrow night that I want you to know about. And I want you to be part of this class. It's important that you be prepared. Here is the thing that I've, I always learned from sports. You do perfect practice. Not You don't just practice. My dad always impressed upon me. If you practice something the wrong way, you'll do it the wrong way when you are called upon to do it. So perfect practice makes perfect. And so when you do it, you do it right until you get it to the point that when you do practice it, you do it right it becomes, all the constant. It becomes automatic. It becomes muscle, you know, remembrance, basically. It's the reason why you do, you know, all the things that you do in the military. And you always, you'll hear somebody in the military from time to time when I'll have them on, and I'll say, how did you survive that? Well, I just fell back on my training. And because they fell back on their training, they did a lot of right things that saved their life. Correct, Ed? Yeah, you want your muscles to be wired. So like an NBA player, when there's two seconds left on the clock and they're one point behind and they receive a pass, they, they know, i got to do a jump shot. Yeah. Well, they don't tell every muscle in their body what to do to perform that jump shot. They've already it. done a 1,000, 10,000 jump shots. They just make the split decision, execute jump shot, and their body does it because it's done it correctly so many times. Okay, so and that's what we want. I want you to listen to what Ed has to say today, but I also want you to go to his, to his teaching. And then I'd also like you to go out and practice what he's going to teach you so that it becomes second nature that you do what you're supposed to do. Look, I know what to do if somebody points a gun at me. I know to point back and shoot, okay? I understand that. But I'll tell you something else. I don't go to the range enough that I can be absolutely sure that I'm going to hit the target well, that I'm going to shoot back at. Like in Texas, there was that, that guy in the church. There was somebody shooting. He stood up, took one shot, and took the guy down in the middle of a crowd. But he was good enough that he could confidently take that shot and not hit anyone else. And that's is, the key. You don't get that kind of confidence unless you've unless done it time good. and time right. and time and, and time and time again. There aren't very many people who are that good. My little brother is probably one of those people. He could probably take that shot, one shot, and drop the guy. I'm not that good, I don't think. I, if it was closer, I maybe maybe could, but my little brother's probably that good. And then let me fill your bloodstream up with adrenaline and yeah. see how you do. I, I think you're talking about Jack Wilson. Yeah, maybe so. And uh, a month ago in July, I was at a conference with Jack. It's the third time I've met him and talked with him. He would tell you he's not that good. He would tell you, well, he, he flat said, I was holding the gun, but God's finger was on the trigger. Hmm. He said, I shot a guy, one shot, a headshot at 14 yards while he was moving. He says, I'm not, wow. that, I'm not that good. If I tried to do that again today, I couldn't do it. And I did it after watching two of my best friends get murdered in front of me under that kind of stress. That's the guy that showed up at the shotgun, right? Yeah, yeah. And okay. he, he was shooting a pistol with a long double-action trigger pull. He says, I'm, I'm, I train a lot. You know, I'm competent, but I'm not that good. He, he's adamant. He says, God's finger was on that trigger. And I spoke with the attorney of Eli Dickin, the uh, 22-year-old hero who stopped the active shooter at the mall outside of Indianapolis. Right. And he's. Uh, the attorney has seen the video uh, several times. They haven't released it yet, but because he was the attorney, uh, he saw it. And he said, I have no other way to explain what Eli did but that God's hand was on Eli's shoulder. Because of this, this guy had no formal training at all, 22-year-old guy, legally carrying in the mall. 
never been to a professional class, no military, no police training. Uh, but he shot the guy, hit him twice at 43 yards. Wow. Four out of four times at 22 yards, and then another two at eight yards. That's, that's in a in a crowded food court with people running. He had ten ten eyesight. Evidently. That's, that's the kind saying. of gun control we want. What's that? That's the kind of gun control we're looking for yep. generally. Is, yep. is you hit your target. Yeah, but yep. let me just say, if you're listening and you've not been to the range and practiced at all, don't expect to do what that guy just did. No, because it's it's not like you see in the movies. No, it's, it's not just, at all. Just to make clear, my presentation tomorrow night will not be on how to use a gun, the specifics, the tactics, the, the skills of how to use a gun to stop an active shooter. It'll be on the active shooter problem and what no one's addressing about it. We talk about it all the time, but no one addresses how they act in different places, therefore how we can best respond and the importance of math and time. All right. So, so you talked about perfect practice, right? Right. So in most schools, the drill is turn out the lights and lock the door. Well, those are two easy tasks. I flip light switches every day of my life. I turn door, you know, locks on doorknobs. So, and so usually they'll say active shooter drill. And some when I, when I taught, uh, the assistant principal in charge of security would walk around with a clipboard and make sure, did everybody lock their door? Did everybody turn out the lights? We are practicing perfectly. We're executing the plan perfectly every time. But what they're not saying is locking, locking, just simply locking your doors and turn out the lights will get your kids killed. That's Because that's right. what happened in Parkland. So even if you're doing a drill every month and you're, you're doing exactly what you're being told to do every month, is that action in your plan going to save the lives of you and your kids? One of the big problems is schools are doing plans that are easy to drill on the days that the shooter doesn't show up. <laughs> They're not doing a plan that will save lives when the shooter shows up. And that's, that's one of the big problems that we'll talk about. I would say the plan that will save kids' lives when the shooter does show up is that you have members of the faculty that are armed. Well, if there's staff. A gun, yeah, if yeah it, the, it doesn't matter if they're a teacher. So here's the deal. Okay, uh, it's all ahead. about time and math. I'm, ste- I'm stealing your time. Well, no, you it's fine. He is gonna when the shooter starts shooting wherever it is school business, government facility, uh, mall, church. When he starts shooting, he's gonna shoot a new victim, another victim every few seconds. So this is really simple math. The longer you let him shoot, the more victims you'll have when it's over, or the more quickly you stop his shooting, the less victims you'll have when it's over. This is very simple. So. It really comes out to you you have to stop him. If you want a plan that's got about a 90% chance of having single-digit victims, which means it's going to stop somewhere between zero and nine victims, your plan must be to stop him. You stop him, not call somebody else to stop him. You've got to stop him within 30 seconds. And that's not a guarantee, but it's got about a 90% success rate. There's no way possible to call somebody who's not already here and get them here in time to stop it and have a low victim count. Unless the, the shooter is just not aggressive at all. So we have to change the plans from passively hunkering down and trying to survive until people come to rescue us to we will stop it. We will stop it. Now, that can be done with we a gun. We have to be aggressive. Yes, we have to be aggressive. And so that's why it, schools, the solution to this is the people in the school have to be ruthlessly, viciously, deadly violent against a human being. That is extremely uncomfortable for most people in education. What's comfortable for people in education is lock the doorknob and turn out the light. So that's what they have in their plan. And that works perfectly every day the shooter doesn't show up. But when he shows up at Parkland and they all have their doors locked and he just shoots through the door, the doors of these locked classrooms, and and shoots 18 people on the first floor through the doors, 
then we realize, well, just locking a door doesn't protect us from evil that has a gun. But I would say I would bet some money that 90% of schools still have that plan because that's comfortable to talk about. Lock the door and turn out the lights when the only thing that's going to give us a good chance of a single-digit victim count is we, the people there, the people at the mall, the people at the church, the people at the school, have to uh, counterattack and stop this person. Now, a lot of the plans, like Alert Alice, the federal government, they'll say, you know, hunker down, barricade, and if he breaks through, then I, I you know, I guess we're going to have to fight him reluctantly. We have to change that to we're going to fight. That's our plan is to fight. Not and, that's, and that's kind of been, that's kind of been the, the the lackluster policy, like you've seen in the past, where women who are getting raped, the government tells them to pee on themselves or something like that, as opposed to kill him. Or run your thumb through his eye socket into his brain and then get out from under him and kick his head. Yeah. Which means that you've allowed him to get so close that he can overpower you. Yeah. And so, we, of course, we first said this was a SWAT problem, and it took us way too long to figure out this through San Ysidro McDonald's and Columbine. Right. That it, this is not a SWAT problem. And so now we're still in the next stage, which is, well, this is a responding law enforcement police officer problem and it's not it's still you're still too long it doesn't matter how brave how well equipped and how well trained the cop is if he or she doesn't get there till five minutes you're not going to like the number of people that are shot by the time they get there the body count's too high yeah and you're looking at about 30 people being shot if it's been five minutes yeah yeah, that's average if it goes five minutes uh you're looking at about 30 people shot so that's all it is. We, ha- we have to stop it in 30 seconds if we ha- want a good chance of a low victim count. They're going to shoot somebody every three to five seconds in the first minute, every six to eight seconds in the second minute, every 10 seconds in the third minute, and then it'll slow down as they find it. It's harder for them to find new victims. Yeah, because um, now they, you know, they got to move to another classroom. They got to go down the hallway yep. or whatever. All right. So let, let's talk as we uh, continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show about this. And we'll take phone calls, uh, 501-823-0965, 501-823-0961, 65. By the way, let me me say this to you. Uh, If you don't believe having a gun present for the good guys uh, is not necessary, I'd like to hear from you as well and for you to give me what you think should be done. Don't forget about East End Towing. East End Towing wants you to know that they know what needs to be done to get you out of uh, problems, like being stuck on the side of the highway on a hot summer's day, and uh, you're looking to, um, you know, uh, change a tire or your car broke down or whatever it is. How do you get off of the highway and get your car taken to where you need it to be taken to get it fixed? That's why you always know who your, you know, technician's going to be so that you can have your car towed to that necessary spot to get your car uh, taken care of. You've got to plan for some of this stuff. We're going to talk about planning for stuff today, talking about shooters. You've got to actively think about your life a little bit. I know you don't like to do that. You'd much rather think about, you know, where I'm going to go have a beer tonight or whatever, but... You've got to think about the serious stuff as well. And East End Towing will help you. All you have to do, I'm going to, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to tell you their number. Their number is 
8849. Put that in your cell phone as soon as you can under towing. And then when something happens, just hit towing and then hit the number to call East End Towing to have them take uh, good care of you. Anytime, anything, anywhere, it's East End Towing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.